Barbara Kirkmeyer, Weld County Commissioner. Weld County, Colorado, of course, that is one of the top oil and gas producing counties, not only in the state, but in the nation. So thank you very much for joining the program here today. Uh, just to kind of set the table a little bit, I, I wanted to, one of the reasons we reached out to you today was to talk a little bit about Colorado as it's uh, much like North Dakota, where I'm from, uh, a lot of, you know, kind of templated things are being, I guess, used in, in, in regulation side of things. In North Dakota, it's being done in like some of the UAV and even some of the BLM type of uh, things. So it's interesting how different states are creating kind of templates for other states. So we appreciate you coming on today to talk a little bit about what's going on in Colorado. A lot of happening in Colorado. So how are you today? I'm doing really well. Thank you very much. And not only are you a county commissioner, but you're running for, uh, is it the House or the Senate? The Senate. The Senate. Okay, great. Well, congratulations on that. And do you, do you have like an oil and gas platform at this point in, in, uh, along your campaign? Absolutely, I do. Well, let, let's hear it. Let's might as well take the opportunity. I'm, I'm telling you, not only is there people in Colorado listening, but you got other states too. So I'm sure they can donate as well. Sure. <laughs> well, I'm running for state Senate. It's in District 23 in Colorado. Uh, the majority of the district lies within Weld County, as you already stated. It's um, Weld County, where 90% of the oil and oil production is, and well, it used to be, and 35% of the gas production. So. I'm basically um, running on the fact that we need to repeal parts of Senate Bill 181, especially those parts that were, you know, job-killing type regulations that uh, they passed last year. So running to support and defend oil and gas, support our oil and gas families. And, you know, the state of Colorado, the General Assembly, the governor need to stop treating our oil and gas workers like they're the enemy of the state. Weird how that happened. We were talking briefly before we started the interview about my former life when I was doing a, a, a magazine, a home magazine down in Greeley. And Greeley to me was more of a ag town, agriculture town. Of course, you've got the sheep and the, and the cattle there, uh, big industries in agriculture, long as, as well as crops there. Uh, energy industry, I was aware of it, but it wasn't political. And about five years ago, uh, I'd stay in Fort Collins a lot of time because if I had to run up to Denver, if I had to run to Greeley, it was just a nice, easy spot to stay. And about five years ago, I started noticing that when I mentioned I was in oil and gas or other people mentioned they were in oil and gas and a lot of the breakfast bars and the hotels, they would look over their shoulder and it increasingly got a little bit uh, polarized, I guess. Um, your uh, history of being in Colorado, you mentioned you've lived in the state your whole life and in Weld County for the last several decades. Talk to me a little bit about the evolution of what's going on with oil and gas's image out there. I kind of gave you my context a little bit. Um, I'd like, I'd be very curious to know yours. Yeah, well, sure. So I had, actually was a county commissioner back in the 1990s. So from 1993 through 2000 and Back then, the, um, there was a conflict between oil and gas and agriculture uh, because Wealth County, not only were we the number one energy county in the state, we're also the number one agricultural producing county in the state as well. You know, two and a half million acres um, of farmland, a million acres that is irrigated at least, you know, kind of thing. So there was conflicts between agriculture and oil and gas. And 
we were able to go through and get that worked out through the rulemaking process. Um, having a very um, strict concern with regard to protecting private property rights, because I think, as we all know, there are private property rights on the surface. Well, there are also private property rights on the subsurface. And the issue that we have going on in the state of Colorado and in Well County is the severed mineral rights. So some, there will be a property owner for the surface who owns the surface may not be the same property owner for the subsurface mineral right. And that's caused some conflicts. But we were able to work through those conflicts, get it to work out so that People, you know, both industries respected each other. Both were able to access their properties and do what they needed to do to, you know, to get to their um, to their property and, and to their rights, um, whether it be agriculture or, you know, mineral rights. Um, since that time, it's kind of it just kept evolving. And part of the problem is, is because Wealth County is has been one of the number one growth counties in the nation um, for population growth. And so what happens is, is our prime irrigated land is right on top of our prime oil and gas, you know, deposits. And it's also where people like to, tr to build homes. And so when those homes and that population started moving in, it started, you know, people just, just like they don't necessarily understand agriculture, they also don't understand oil and gas. But I would say in Wealth County, people are very supportive of oil and gas. They understand they're in an agriculture county, so they're very supportive of it. But you start getting people who move in, um, from other states and it starts causing some issues. And I think the, you know, in 2018, we had an election on, it was called Proposition 112, which was all about requiring a um, 2,500 foot setback for oil and gas from any home, essentially, which would have killed the industry. And we were demonstrating that, you know, that, that ballot lost. I mean, it went down big you know, people voting no in the state. But at the same time, um, Jared Polis was elected governor. So you had an electorate that voted very conservative on the issues and then voted very liberal to the point of almost socialist on, you know, some of the statewide candidates. And um, we ended up, I mean, really just six months later because the House of Representatives, Colorado House is Democrat, the uh, Senate is Democrat, and the, governor's house, the governor is Democrat. We ended up with Senate Bill 181, and it just flipped everything totally within, literally within six months. It just flipped it all to where now um, they basically have really injured and damaged the oil and gas industry in the state. And, it, you know, it doesn't have to be based on science. Um, it's just all about politics, which is really hard to understand. I don't understand why it's so political, but it is. It has to do with, you know, they keep saying the air quality, which their facts are just not there, but it doesn't matter. I mean, you know, don't let the facts get in, don't let facts get in your way kind of thing. Right. So that, um, that was the part that I was just, it's, I've been baffled about is the po uh, politization, politization, polit political, political. <laughs> I'm at the end of the day. I apologize. Uh, but uh, <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? The, it's pol yeah. polarization, but it's the politicalization it's as well. Yeah, Yes. It's, it's a combination, and that's what I mean when I started noticing people were looking over their shoulders, and I was too, and really it, the, the lack of awareness and disconnect, the only thing that I can compare it to is when the average person started looking at the supermarket as the place where they get their food instead of the farmer, and that's the only thing I can really kind of compare it to is that it's the average person just looks at the light switch and thinks, oh, that's where energy comes from. 
And so they don't look at the oil and gas worker anymore. They don't look at the farmer anymore. And it's a different disconnect for, to have, you know, and it's, um, I don't know, it's kind of, it's kind of bothersome to me, I guess. Um, absolutely it is. And, um, and, and even, but I would say in Weld County, uh, people are very supportive of oil and gas. Um, they understand, they understand the tax revenues, but more than that, they understand the number of people who make a living working not only just in the oil and gas industry, but, you know, the subsidiary um, industries and, and businesses that rely on the oil and gas as well in the county. And, you know, it's not just for the for Weld County. It really does make a difference in the state of Colorado. But I think in Weld County, people get that. It's just... Um, in neighboring places, you know, neighboring counties where maybe they've moved in from California, which we've had a huge, you know, in-migration of, of folks from California, they don't like it. And, you know, they brought all their California rules with them. They wanted to come live in Colorado because they thought it was a better place to live. But then they want to bring all their California rules with them. And it's just been a constant fight. It's just it's just constant at this point. That's one of the things we've been trying to hammer home for the past, I don't know, seven, eight, ten years is the supply chain of oil and gas, how it goes well beyond the operators and the midstream, upstream and salmon stream. Because if you're a, if you own a truck or you're a cafe operator, you're part of that. You're part of that economy. And so many, and that was really prevalent during the last uh, CARES COVID-19, I guess the, the, the beginning part before they went to the PPP, there was such a high number of, truckers and just people connected to the oil and gas industry that applied that's why they had to go and change a lot of the different uh programs because the oil and gas industry got hit hard uh whiting i mean we're what coming up on july they laid off a third of their staff last year so the oil industry you know they got hit before uh the rest of the economy got hit on this so it's, oh absolutely i mean yeah. Our state, uh, you know, our governor and our, our general assembly folks, our legislators, they want to blame um, COVID for the issue with regard to our economic crisis. Well, in the state of Colorado, you're exactly right. After Senate Bill 181, and I told them this in testimony, that we would expect at least a 40 percent drop off in well permits with the state of Colorado, at least that there were lang there was language within the bill that, in fact, was a de facto moratorium. You know, and they just kind of smirked and shrugged their shoulders and didn't believe me. Well, by the end of 2019, so the bill was passed and signed into law on April 17th, 2019. By the end of, of 2019, well permits approvals had dropped by 60%, over 60%. It was it was more than we anticipated. That was way before this COVID, you know, pandemic, um, you know, issue hitting our hitting our state, hitting the United States. And so what you had was an injured industry, so to speak. They're not getting permits through. They're already having issues, you know, financial type issues. You're right. There were already companies that were laying off or companies were, um, you know, selling off to another company, that type of thing. And you were seeing, you know, companies coming together kind of stuff. Um, those issues were already happening, so we'd already injured the industry. Then you have the price war between Russia and Saudi Arabia, which just further injured the industry. And then you have COVID, which exasperates it. And there's right? one more thing in there that people forget, which is the climate change movement, which climate change, that's a misnomer. It's really more of a, a, a climate activism than it is um, climate change. But that's that's for a different discussion. But what happened there is uh, there were people not getting loans.
for from banks because now they had to get uh, recertified, and so the banking industry now could no longer give bridge loans and and that sort of thing. So some some bridge financing, some alternative financing, really was getting gummed up in the works as the in- industry was getting hit left, right, left, right with all these different issues. It was. It's, it's been a tough year. Let's just put it that way. It's been a tough year for the industry. So the fact that they're still limping along is quite remarkable. Yeah. No, I agree. So, I, I agree. And, but, you know, they're a very resilient industry. Um, they do – their technology is, you know, above reproach. I mean, they go out and they find all sorts of ways to do, you know, to basically drill for oil and produce oil. Um, and, you know, that technology, that innovation, it's used in other industries all the time. So – um, you know, we can't count them down and out because, again, they're just they are a very strong industry. They're very resilient. And I believe they'll come back. It's a matter of how fast do they come back? Well, the smart, clever capitalists definitely are going to figure out a lot of the different ways to make it come back with with the innovations behind it. Where One of the reasons also I brought you in today was uh, I wanted to ask you about the regulations, which I call in Colorado re- regulations gone wild. And it just really hinders a lot of the free market. That's obviously what, 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 what the ebb and the flow and the give and take is. But in Colorado, it just seems like, you know, now they're putting sound walls around uh, different well sites. And it just seems every time I turn around, there's a new regulation being put on the oil and gas companies, almost like you guys are the test site now for the nation of different things. Uh, am, am, am I out of line for thinking that the, the regulations are getting a little bit overblown there? Uh, no, you're not out of line at all. I mean, you know, when um, Governor Hickenlooper was here, his whole comment was he, he campaigned on the fact that we have the toughest regulations in the nation, right? And then you're right, it, it is regulations gone wild, or they haven't seen a regulation they don't like kind of thing, right? And so, um, or that they don't want to pass. So it, it is, they have gone wild, they um, continue. And it's, it's not just in the Colorado Oil and Gas Conservation Commission. It's what's going on in the Air Quality Control Division as well and through those regulations as well, where, you know, we have people who work for the state departments and in those areas, you know, whether it's the health department or the, in the Air Quality Control Division, stating that, you know, it's they're trying in one hand, they say, oh, it's because of oil and gas. And then they turn around and say, um, well, no, actually, we don't really need to pass any more regulations. We'll be fine. And then they go ahead and pass more regulations. So. It's, it's gotten way out of control here, and you're right. It Basically what it does is leads to the instability and the uncertainty in the oil and gas industry. And so it's hard for them to get financing, and that's why we've been, been come or been labeled at least a few months ago as you know energy hostile in the state of Colorado. Of course, I'm from North Dakota where the Bakken play is, and there's a lot, yep. of, a lot of Denver companies uh, up in the Bakken, and I – I got to know James Volker a little bit through a couple interviews we did on actually ag and energy. He was a big uh, supporter in in the uh, articles we did on the relationship between ag and energy. Um, Your context makes a lot of sense if it was an ongoing, you know, a couple decades of work trying to get some things hammered out, which is good because you you need that relationship. Both both people want the, the land to be better. Uh, so it makes it makes a lot of sense, though, when when I take a look at that 2012, 13, 14, 15, 
it wasn't like it was now. And so the is this pr primarily the new governor? Is this the, is this what it is? His kind of um, agenda, his people that are yep. kind of ushering in all this. You know, like I said, when you start putting sound walls around and that sort of thing, okay, now we're now we're getting a little bit um, into it with the regulations. Absolutely. Um, like I said, huh. Governor Polis was running for office in 2018, and he said that he was not supporting Proposition 112, which was the 2,500-foot setback requirement that they were trying to put into law. He said he wasn't supporting that because he thought the legislature could do a better job of addressing the issue. So Proposition 112 gets defeated in November, and in the beginning of March, they introduced Senate Bill 181, which is worse than Proposition 112. So absolutely, and he signed it into law on April 17th. But April even 18th. but but even after that, it just seems like uh, the local councils and everything. Yeah. Yeah, but even before that, though, um, back in the 13, 14s in there, um, then Congressman Polis was still going after oil and gas, and he kept okay. talking local control, local control. Um, really, what he's talking about is how do we get rid of oil and gas? And they've done a really good job at trying to get rid of it. They're organized. They're organized very, very much. That was the other part that's not lost on me. You know, I've done government affairs for 20 years. And so I, I, I've seen templates before. And uh, you can go back at my interviews three, four years ago. And I started noticing and I called it the template, the Colorado template. I'm like, something's happening there. And it, it reminded me of the smoking ban, how it, when you start using setbacks in public health, and that's that's where I was kind of like, okay, I've seen this before. And so anyway, um, what's next? I mean, you know, you, you mentioned that uh, you're you're looking out for the economics behind oil and gas from the from the job sector all the way to making sure that the schools get funded and the roads, understanding the economy of it. What's next for people who want to support your platform or your ideas that energy is not the big bad wolf? Um, like I said, I'm running for state senate here in Colorado. The primary is in a couple of weeks, actually from today. So hopefully I'm getting support that I need so that I can move on to the state senate. And then I think when we get down there, you know, I'll be able to use the bully pulpit to, again, keep talking about oil and gas and the importance of oil and gas. I mean, the state of Colorado right now is trying to cut or they had to cut over three billion dollars out of their budget, you know, because of the shortfall. Um, and again, they want to blame it on COVID. Part of it probably was, but reality is it's, uh, most of it's because they drove, you know, pushed oil and gas down. Um, so I think people will understand, they, they start understanding the importance, um, especially if we stay in this recession for any length of time. Because typically in the past, whether it was in 2008 in our state or 2001 in our state, it's oil and gas and it's agriculture that pulls this state out of recessions. It's not anything else. Do you, so, have, a, do you have a website? Um, I do. It's uh, thank you. It's KirkmeyerforColorado.com. Pretty easy. And so, yeah, so that would be great if people would go there and if you would support me, I would greatly appreciate it. And again, that's KirkmeyerforColorado.com. Or you can come find me on Facebook. It's the same thing. Kirkmeyer for Colorado. Come find me and send me a message of support. I would greatly appreciate it.